This is where they are building the largest nuclear fusion reactor in the world. Yeah, a friend of mine told me I had to check out this pool. America on Main Street and at the dinner table is talking about infrastructure when 20 years ago they didn't even know what that meant. Today, those towers are an astounding display of wealth, prestige, and engineering. First. It's impacting everyday Americans. I am against the train the way it's being done right now. New York City housing is a scam. It is a scam, 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 scam. The Shard in central London is being officially opened today and at 310 metres tall, it's Europe's newest and tallest skyscraper. Hello, I'm Fred Mills. And this is the world's best construction podcast by the B1M. Hello and welcome to your latest episode of the World's Best Construction Podcast. Today's episode is sponsored by Trimble Construction. I'm your host, Fred, and as always, I'm joined by Luke Bly and Liam Marsh. Mr. Marsh, how's your week been? Good, mate. Good. It's uh, it's early December. It's um, it's that nice little countdown, little build-up to Christmas, if you know what I mean. You've got Absolutely. a few more weeks left of work, catching out with people. I know, I know this is a great time to be around in London. You've got heaps of things happening christmas lights are out but um yeah mate i'm good i'm just yeah looking forward to christmas count down the weeks looking forward to a bit of time off have you got an advent calendar uh i do i don't mate i'm uh, i'm shredding for summer <laughs> <laughs> even though it's, it's just started time. two days ago <laughs> <laughs> little pros they should do a protein advent calendar so they look like pieces of chicken each day <laughs> <laughs> Maybe like a little 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 cut up banana or something. Oh, that's a great idea. Gym sharks do that. Like have an advent calendar that's gym related. So you open it and each behind each door is an exercise you've got to do and like a little piece of protein. Mm, Getting jacked go, by mate. Christmas Eve. Yeah. Yeah. Good there idea. Gym shark, you can have that, lads. I know you're big listeners. <laughs> <laughs> How have you been, mate? How have you been? Yeah, not too bad. It's been busy. As you said, like it's a busy time of year. We're, we're doing a lot of stuff behind the scenes at the minute at the B1M, uh, getting some big videos ready to go out, which has been good. Um, I was also the keynote speaker at the UCEM graduation last Friday, which was awesome. Um, so I got an honorary degree from them last year. Fantastic university. Uh, and yeah, I was keynote speaker this year, which was awesome. It's fantastic to stand up there and say some words to inspire young graduates and just be part of a fantastic celebratory day so that was really good um they had dame judith hackett on the following day because they have two days of graduation so i was uh keynote speaker on day one and then dame judith hackett who wrote the grenfell report the hackett report uh was on the saturday so certainly a high bar but i thought i smashed it so i don't know mate fred if i do mills. say so myself <laughs> yeah fred mills i don't know he's on that he's on that you know rankings yeah fred those do. seedings should be top Maybe. Yeah, Top 10, maybe. I don't know. In it's, the cold. UK, it's cold, it's, isn't it? It is cold. It is. In, in the, in, you know, it's not cold. Fred Syriax. In the UK, this Fred Syriax bloke, the chef dude, is the more famous Fred. <laughs> hate what? it. What? It's pretty what are you talking about? <laughs> what? <laughs> Who are you talking about? Yeah. Explain. Fred who? The way you were saying, like, oh, people know Fred Mills. They won't know Fred Mills. People are like, Fred who? Uh, but Fred Syrex t- is the more famous Fred in the UK. He's a chef in the UK. Uh, Currently, on Armour Celebrity, get me out of here. 
Oh, right. Did you uh, did you get heaps of uh, selfie requests at your graduation event? I did, mate. And also, I went to a Christmas market in my local town oh, on, yeah. uh, on Sunday, and I got stopped a handful of times by different no, people didn't. going, no, oh, my didn't. God, Fred Mills. It's always Fred, in your so hometown. High. Always in your hometown where yeah. no, none of us are even going to venture to. I was with my no, family. None of us will ever know. I was with my family <laughs> who can attest to it. So hmm. there you go. I'm like proper E-list now. Yeah, <laughs> Freddie Flintoff. Freddie Flintoff. Freddie, Freddie another famous, famous Freddie. He's much better at being a celebrity than I am, and it's actually yep. famous for something. So, yeah. How about you, Luke? Scooby-Doo. Fred from Scooby Doo. Yeah. Fred Flintstone. Yeah. How you been, Luke? Yeah, good, mate. Good, mate. Just a bit chilly. Got the heat in like full blast. It's been a quiet one, to be honest, mate. You know, saving the pennies, staying indoors. Um, but like you guys, you know, looking forward to a bit of time off. You know. And uh, it was snowing like the other day, wasn't it, Fred? Did it snow where you we had, were? We had like, a flurry, a yeah, flurry it was a, that a, didn't a, settle. A flurry, but it was really nice. You know, it was pretty, wasn't it? But I've got all my heaters. Like I've got my little crappy, like mobile heater, warming up my feet here because I'm like, flaming heck. It's just got so, yes, it's just got so cold. Like in the space of like a week or two, it's like mm. oh, it's minus one zero degrees. But no, nah, all right, mate. All right, I know that you know we've got loads of construction architecture stuff to talk about, so I'm saving my moaning for them. Right? <laughs> <laughs> no, not really. I think it's going to be a good one. I think it's going to be a good one. I'm going to be a good boy, mate. It's yeah. going to be good this week. We were talking about the $1 billion mega project to save California, all about the state's water crisis, which is really interesting. We're then heading over to look at the construction progress on LA's Lucas Museum of Narrative Arts. And then in what is now basically the Saudi Arabia section, we're looking at Saudi Arabia's new Syriana Mountain Hotel, which has been announced this week. As ever, whole thing is going to be filled with lots of debate and discussion from me, Luke and Liam, and plenty of comments from the week. Let's go. First of this week, we are talking about the $1 billion mega projects to save California. Now, I didn't know about this, but shockingly, California is facing a bit of a water crisis. In 2022, the state recorded one of its driest years ever, and that's actually been part of a multi-year drought. 600 square miles of farmland in Sacramento Valley had to be left fallow. That means there are no crops planted all due to low water levels. Now, this is kind of brought about by changing weather patterns and climate change, uh, which is obviously a hot topic at the minute, as there's the COP28 conference going on over in Dubai. Bit of background for you on this. Uh, Sacramento Valley is actually sinking. So because it's located next to the Sacramento River, which is the largest river in California, um, it kind of relies on that for, for good levels of groundwater. Now, when that isn't flowing properly, like during a drought like we have now, the farmers are left with no choice but to start pumping groundwater to irrigate their crops. Removing all that water from the ground is now causing the land to subside. And there's this really shocking uh, picture in the video we show where it shows how much the land has sunk since 2015, 2016. And it is unbelievable. It's gone down like a couple of metres in that time. Shocking stuff. Um, That all means that water reuse here is critical. So reusing wastewater, the stuff that you flush down the toilet, the stuff you have a shower with, uh, is really important so that it can be reused and redistributed across the valley. And that is where the very excitingly named Sacramento Regional Wastewater Treatment Plants becomes an essential 
piece of infrastructure. That's right, guys. We're talking about a sewage plant on today's episode. <laughs> but it's interesting because it highlights, I think, how important this type of infrastructure is. Yeah. Well, you'd be forgiven for thinking, like you said, that if you're not super familiar with the US, with California, you'd think, oh, you know, they got mountains, they got, you know, the Pacific. <laughs> Why do they have water issues in California? But um, yeah, it's it's really, really bad, isn't it? I think yeah. out of all the states in the US, that's kind of, and when you think it's probably arguably one of the most important states in the US economically, right? It's the largest state by population, um, largest economy. Like California is a larger economy than the UK, doesn't it? It is like, wouldn't it be like the fifth or sixth largest economy on the planet if California was a country, right? So, yeah, I always hear that like Texas as well. They say if you took Texas out, it'd be the fifth biggest economy in the world or something. But I'm never sure how true that is. But... I think Texas has slipped a little bit. You know, they're Ooh. slipping. They're slipping. Whereas you've got like Silicon Valley tech boys, you know, up in uh, Northern California. They're just like running. <laughs> they're running the world, aren't they, pretty much? But, but it's uh, just... This is another example of how a change in climate is starting to have a big impact. Because like we say in the video, so much of this farmland is depended on by other states across America because so much produce and food comes from this area that for this to be struggling is is a bad thing. It's not just going to be felt in Sacramento Valley. It's going to be felt much further afield, not just economically, Mm. but in terms of what you can buy in your supermarket and how much it costs. Yeah. And it shows why this is such a priority, not just for California and the people in California, but probably for the national government, right, of the US. It's really strategically on a lot of fronts. It's really, really important. So this was planned in 2010. This isn't like a Biden administration. They wouldn't be that quick, would they, with buildings like this and getting it going? But. No, it was, it was in 2010, around Joe Biden's 120th birthday, I think it was back then. So. <laughs> <laughs> Basically, I have to say, like, when, this, when this project was pitched internally at the B1M, I was like, mm, is a wastewater treatment plant really that interesting? But I have been pleasantly surprised by the scale of the construction project, the impact of the infrastructure, and I've kind of had my sort of stereotypes about it proven wrong. Um, mm. Which is which is fantastic. That's exactly what I want the B1M to do. You know, is lift up amazing products that you didn't think about, that you didn't really realise were having the impact that they were. Um, so yeah, the construction story here is is fascinating. Basically, 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 basically uh, this uh, Sacramento Regional Wastewater Treatment Plant has been around for a very long time. It's been an important piece of California infra- infrastructure for for a while. But in 2010, a permit was issued by a local regulator in charge of water quality that basically placed these heavy restrictions on the amount of ammonia and nitrates that you could have in treated water. Now, because that facility wasn't filtering out enough of those harmful chemicals, it wasn't meeting the new rules. Therefore, it had to undergo this significant uh, enhancement program. That is where the $1.7 billion Echo Water project came in. That's just completed. It's just upgraded this massive wastewater treatment plant there are some aerial photos of this uh in the video and it's a fascinating kind of spread out of different types of infrastructure and we label in the video what they all do and how they all work to give you a feel for the size of this construction project uh 40 000 tons of steel 170 000 cubic meters of concrete all used during the construction and most of that all happened in the tertiary treatment facilities basically to upgrade the filtration works, improve the disinfection and filtration works. Um, 
and make this uh, treatment plant compliant with the new regs so that it could then go on providing reusable wastewater to California. So not a very glamorous project, but a massive project and one that is benefiting people without them even realising. I think I think the first guy, uh, just to touch on the scale of Fred, um, the first uh, interviewee, I think he mentioned within this project, there's this 20 or 22 other projects running at the same time on the actual site. Yeah. It's pretty incredible. I mean, yeah. I looking at it from someone that's not from the construction industry, um, it's fascinating to see the detail and the tech that goes into the treatment and the processes. Um, it's pretty fascinating because, you know, you know, I mean, you don't, like you said, we don't really think about it, but then when you actually break it down with the diagrams and the CGI that we've got in it, it's quite interesting how it flows through um, all the processes and then obviously comes out a bit cleaner. It's really cool. It's really, I find it really interesting. Yeah. There were some superb graphics in this video as well. So, yeah, congrats to the people that worked on that because it was there's amazing. Some, there's some questionable yeah. things going through one of the may about. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> some of the CGI is a little bit graphic in places. <laughs> I know I was like, oh, is. wow. I'm sure they'll do it with, like colored dots or something. No, no, we've got full rendered uh, waste. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that was good. There's a mixture of our graphics team, but also uh, Regional San, who uh, operate the facility, uh, were fantastic. They worked with us on this and provided us some fantastic uh, renders and stuff. So yeah, amazing, amazing footage and a really good way of bringing this story to life. So, are you? Do you guys want to know how a wastewater treatment plant works? <laughs> I I just want to ask a question before we crack into it. Ooh. Can you drink? Um, I know you're not going to drink this water. Can you drink tap water in most states in America? It depends. Uh, I would be hesitant to just because w- without trying to play it down. Yeah. Um, without trying to play it down, the just US doesn't down. have the best. It doesn't have the best <laughs> reputation when it comes to tap water, does it? Like historically speaking. So yeah. it depends. I'm sure it's pretty safe like across the board, but I would probably up for bottled water. <laughs> personally if i were there i just okay yeah and well, that makes sense i've got right? a sensitive tummy and i yeah so i'm saying that as well <laughs> <laughs> to, to it's, it's a pretty shocking thing isn't it because coming from the uk like it's just a given here like our whole yeah. lives you turn you turn the kitchen tap and it's drinkable water and it's fine and i live in a hard water area so the water's like particularly delicious um but in the us <laughs> like it's just it's like you say look it's just patchy remember the the flint michigan scandal uh, back in sort of 2015, 2016. Yeah. Shocking, shocking mm. stuff. Like, yeah. It, this like, is like the world's biggest economy. Yeah. And Erin Brockovich, have you seen that film as well? That's a, that's a have I seen that life. film? Yeah. It's, so stuff like that as well. Yeah. So there's a lot. Yeah. There's a lot. It is interesting. I was, it made me think my, um, my family was over, uh, my brother and his wife and kids live in Thailand and they stayed with us before I got married. And, um, we were drinking tap water and they've grown up in Thailand. Obviously they can't drink tap water. So I was sort of touching on what you were saying, Fred, it's so natural just to, you know, you're brushing your teeth. You have a mouthful from the faucet in the bathroom. You know what I mean? <laughs> it's like, whatever, like it's, it's fine. And uh, they didn't believe me. They thought I was playing a trick on them. I was like, what? drink it. And they were like, no, it's tap water. I was like, have a drink. <laughs> <laughs> you have to watch uh, 
you have to watch ice in some countries. You, you can buy bottled water, but you have to watch the ice because sometimes the ice gets made with tap water. Oh, yeah, yeah mate. Southeast Asia yeah. in a nutshell. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, most places yeah. you can, but, you know. Yeah, yeah. You ever Actually, see the, uh, the scooters with a big slab of ice on the back of them and they're just <laughs> cruising through like busy neighborhoods and traffic? It's just, yeah. Wild. Yeah. Wild. This video was actually written by our producer internally, Adam Savage. I actually dubbed him Aaron Brockovich during this little project because it was about fixing the wastewater in California. So, <laughs> uh, anyway, I'm, yes, familiar with the movie, Luke. Anyway, yeah, yeah. I, I can hear our listeners, like, they're going about their daily tasks, they're driving, they're down the gym, they're doing some laundry, they're doing some work. They're like, for goodness sake, Fred, tell us how a wastewater treatment plant in California works. <laughs> <laughs> we want to know. <laughs> So, first of all, picture, you, obviously there's a great video about this on YouTube, guys, but you're going to have to use your imaginations here and picture it in your head, uh, embracing the podcast medium. Basically, the unprocessed wastewater comes into something called the inlet works and the primary sedimentation tanks. Now, that is where larger pieces of organic matter, use your imagination, and small grit particles, use your imagination, are removed and the sludge and scum are all filtered out. That is a horrific process. Uh, there are there are <laughs> there are images of it in the video, basically where they get some of the bigger bits out of the uh, out of the water. Then it enters the biological nutrient removal facility, or BNR. Look out for that little acronym in an upcoming B1M quiz. Uh, the bio but yeah, the bio. I've got it wrong. The biological nutrient removal facility is eight giant basins filled with special tubes which release oxygen into the wastewater, allowing bacteria to form. Now, the bacteria's task is to break down and remove that organic matter. This is super clever stuff, right? Uh, 99% of the ammonia get removed from the water by this bacteria that's created in it to eat the, eat the bad stuff. Next, the water's filtered out one more time. It's then disinfected uh, with chlorine and neutralised uh, and then it is basically comes out the other end and meets the requirements that were set in 2010. Amazingly, 135 million gallons of wastewater from sewers and industries in the area is treated at a site every single day before it's then discharged into the Sacramento River. And then that flows down into the California Delta, where it either becomes groundwater, which is obviously needed for farming and, and farms and stuff in the area, mm. or ends up in San Francisco Bay. Unbelievable. Thank Unbelievable. you. Unbelievable. No, you do you smash that, Fred. Well done, mate. Yeah. Flawless. Fantastic. Isn't it isn't it incredible though, like how much humanity has done in a short space of time? Like I and that's what I got from watching this video is like what we've as a civilization figured out, you know, despite challenges, despite issues. Like this stuff is wild, isn't it? You're literally taking yeah, poop and making it reusable yeah it's it's tremendous really and it's one of those things that if it wasn't working right uh, you would all know about it, it pretty, yeah. <laughs> pretty, pretty yeah. quickly like the idea that we can just use a bathroom you know, you know cleanly go to the toilet flush it away yeah. and get on get on with life is is an amazing thing isn't it it is yeah it's something we take for granted but as you say luke it is incredible Mm, mm. Mm. Now, I know what you're thinking, guys. Uh, $1.7 billion on a multi-year water project in California. Public infrastructure, that sounds expensive. It's going to be mm. late and over budget. 
you'd actually be wrong. Okay, so this project came in $400 million under the original budget. This is a first on the B1M or, hmm. or this podcast. Um, I don't know who was behind it. Maybe they listened to the podcast and were like, let's make a really high budget. So we definitely come in under it. You know, that, that, old, that old chestnut. <laughs> so you're going to be home really late and then come in at 10, you know. Uh, anyway, what they're now doing with the leftover money uh, is using it to build a new pump station and pipelines that can help direct that cleaner water from the upgraded plant down into the southern Sacramento County. Up to 16,000 acres of land used for agriculture and habitat conservation are going to be irrigated with that new supply, and the first phase is due to complete and turn on in 2025. That all means less groundwater pumping by the farmers, allowing water levels to recover, which means more sustainable farming, uh, more produce across going out across America, uh, boosted economy, happier families with more income. It's, it's, it's amazing. It's an amazing story. And the fact it's under budget blows my mind. I think they started in 2014, the works, and it finished in 2022. Um, it's yeah. decent. And yeah, it's a structure decent. success story from America. Like, <laughs> what's going on? I don't, I don't know what to say. I'm not sure words. Yeah. Is it me or does that seem cheap, 400 million? That's four Jude Bellinghams. Do you know what I mean? And it's like fixing... <laughs> it's fixing, like, one of the most important places on well it's 1.7 it's 1.7 billion was the whole whole thing but it was 400 million under so they could have gone right that's it we're going to go out and buy four drew bellingham's (laughs) but but we're a wastewater treatment plant what do you mean (laughs) yeah you're gonna play la galaxy mate yeah it is wild it is wild will this this is gonna sound so stupid and i know it's stupid right but with the less pumping of groundwater yeah and maybe there's more water going back into the ground, right? Does the is there potential for the level to go back up? You know where there's that bit where the ground has gone down. Could it's it not go a stupid back question. Up? So yes, there is the chance for that to happen. And actually, I've oh. had this on construction sites before, where particularly if you're working with clay, mm. uh, if you if you're pumping groundwater and bringing water out of the ground to build your foundations. What you can have is after the project's finished and you've gone away, you've finished your foundations, is something called ground heave, where basically water comes back into the soil and it lifts up and rises again. That's obviously, depending on what it is and where it's happening, can be a very bad thing. So yes, in theory, as groundwater comes back in, you will have ground heave. And uh, I don't know if it's going to be quite this dramatic, but in theory, the level of Sacramento Valley will come back up again. But you won't notice it. It'll be very steady over time. Wow. Okay. Yeah. Brilliant. So much of time lapse that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Making the ground move. Yeah. Groundbreaking yeah. project. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. But I have. Yeah. I, I, again, this is a personal view. But with COP twenty eight going on at the minute, mm. uh, I think this really highlights the fact that our planet's climate is changing and it's going to have a massive knock on effect. And we need to take action now to limit the amount of changes that are going to happen because this is just one example you know like a complete food supply chain disrupted slashed cut off in one of the world's biggest economies because of a yeah. changing climate like it's not it's not something that's like a hypothetical future scenario now it's really starting to make itself happen in extreme weather events and changing climates around the world so 
yeah, I don't know what's going to happen. I don't know. People need to sit up and listen. It's just not. It's just not having the cut through yet. Did you watch the Big Short? You yes. Know, the film the Big Short. At the end of that, the dude who's like the really good investor who like he it's like he Christian sees Bale. through. Yeah, Chris <laughs> Batman basically. He like sees through the Matrix, right? And he's like, ah, oh, he's out the game now. Or maybe it was one of the other guys, but he's like, ah, oh, the only thing he invests in now is water. Because he feels like that's the only commodity that's like actually worth, you know, investing in, keeping around, and what is going to go up in value as it becomes more scarce. And that's that is a little bit scary. As I watched this video, I can't, I, I, you know, I can't lie. It was a little bit sobering. You know, mm. those facts about how access to water is actually becoming more and more yeah, difficult in areas, and is only going to grow. So. Hopefully, yeah, mate, this is like a little bit of a uh, warning for other places, governments, councils, and so on and so forth. Mm. Hopefully. Probably won't be, but let's, <laughs> let's see. Yeah. Good film, though. Big short. Yeah, good film. Yeah, it was Steve a good film. A bit of an all-star from... cast as well. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Good movie. So, also a good film was our little video on the Sacramento Valley Regional wastewater treatment plant up now on youtube guys came out yesterday go and check it out give it a like give it a view give it a comment uh it's a sewage plant but it's interesting so there you go (laughs) 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 let us know what you thought guys get your comments coming in podcast at the b1m.com So today's episode is sponsored by Trimble Construction. With over 500,000 users, Viewpoint for Projects, or VFP, is trusted by Europe's largest construction companies to manage their projects, including the likes of Wilmot Dixon, Bellway Homes, Vinci, and many more, all of whom are using VFP to simplify project information management. You can easily share and collaborate on documents and drawings with revision control, workflows, and review and markup features, while adhering to rigorous security standards. And on that note, last month, Viewpoint for Projects achieved Ministry of Defence CYDR data accreditation, demonstrating its commitment to the highest standards of information security, which is pretty impressive stuff. Guys, there is more information on Trimble Construction and Viewpoint for Projects, also called VFP, at the link in the podcast description. Go and check it out. It really is worth looking at. I know VFP... And field view we used on the uh, the basement at the Claridge's Hotel in central London. Can you remember that project yeah. we covered with them? Yeah, that, that is an amazing project. Actually, we, we covered this on uh, the B1M last year. But Claridge's Hotel in London, which is a very, very posh hotel in London. I haven't, I haven't been to Claridge's, not really in my league. Just I'm more of a travel lodge guy. Uh, <laughs> Costa. Costa. <laughs> <laughs> Anyway, Claridge's undertook this massive multi-level basement refurbishment work. So basically installing a new £12 million basement energy centre, all using prefabricated systems. This is Kane Building Group, uh, created these prefabricated mechanical and electrical systems that they installed in this basement underneath what is one of London's swankiest and poshest hotels, all while the hotel remained operational. Uh, and while guests were still there, it was an incredible project. Really drew on, uh, yeah, as I said, prefabrication and logistics planning, and kind of the best of this industry of how uh, they make things happen out of sight, out of mind, in an incredible way that everyone takes for granted. Uh, but if it went wrong, you'd certainly 
certainly know about. Um, an incredible amount. They've given us some stats here, right? Some incredible uh, amounts of tra- drawings and documents and coordination uh, things used in that project. 247 drawings, 430 prefabrication drawings. Kane used it to work quicker, reduce project risk, overcome those insane logistical challenges uh, and surpass expectations. So, yeah, it's a pretty cool... This is just one example of where Viewpoint for Projects has been used. Probably the most extreme example of where you're going to find it being used, certainly in the UK. But yeah, cool projects. So, Fred, you've not been to Claridge's, but you've seen Claridge's recently, I, I maybe? I have, mate. Many people okay. have seen Claridge's. Actually, we were filming... Uh, for a video that's coming out on the B1M soon about the US Embassy in London. And we went mm. past Claridge's in like mid-November and they had the most ridiculous Christmas decorations up, right? Uh, but funny story, actually. I was well, not really a funny story, just interesting anecdote. Uh, on my many flights this autumn, uh, through one of the airports, I picked up Arnold Schwarzenegger's book, like The Seven Ways to Be Useful and Change Your Life. Uh, and it was actually a really good read, I have to say. I'm not just doing like a free shower here for Arnie, but uh, really good read. Couldn't put it down. Some really good stuff in there. The guy's a bit crazy in places, but it's actually a really good book. But then I read a thing online where he was, uh, he'd done like an interview in London as a part of the book tour, and he was staying in Claridge's. And he was doing an interview. So someone had filmed him and interviewed him, like a sit-down interview, in a gym somewhere in London. Uh, but he said, oh, the gym here is much better than the one I had at Claridge's this morning. So Arnold Schwarzenegger is dissing Ooh. the Claridge's gym. That's not a good look for your gym, is it? No, it's not really. Not particularly. No. But or maybe it's just not a priority for him. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> it's weird. Like, hotel gyms in Europe. I'm talking as a gym connoisseur here. Hotel gyms <laughs> in Europe are not very good. Hotel gyms in America. Goodness me. Oh, really? Like better than, better than the gyms you have a membership for in the UK. Some of them oh, are really? insanely good. Yeah. I tell you what, though, I watched a uh, I watched a video of a guy reviewing the Plaza Hotel in New York, and it was pretty average. It was well, the, gym. Paying, the gym and everything. Yeah, he went to the gym, and you you wouldn't believe it, mate. But anyway, I know we're getting a little bit off topic. No, I just want to say Home like, Alone too, in it. So there you go. No topical. Anyway, Claridge's Hotel, great basement enabled by VFP Viewpoint for Projects, average gym. But anyway, good hotel generally, guys. We. Uh, <laughs> Hopefully one day we'll get to stay there. Don't forget, guys, you can find out more about Viewpoint Projects at the link in the description. And a huge thanks to Trimble Construction for sponsoring today's podcast. Also in the news this week, we are heading over to Los Angeles to check in on construction progress over at the Lucas Museum of Narrative Art. Now, we shared this on social media earlier this week. Basically... It's an incredible spaceship-looking building that is now seriously taking shape over Exhibition Park, sorry, Exposition Park in Los Angeles, California. I love this project. I love the building. Uh, A fantastic uh, drone photographer called Patrick Price got in contact with us and gave us some exclusive drone footage of uh, the site developing, which looks amazing. We set it to Star Wars music because that was the vibe. Uh, but it looks awesome. I'm I'm really pleased to see this project come into life and not being diluted down. Mm. The whole idea of this museum, this is, as I said, the Lucas Museum of Narrative Arts, founded by George Lucas, uh, is to showcase all kinds of visual storytelling, including painting, photography, sculpture, illustration, comic art, performance, video, uh, 
expected to open in 2025. It's been a long time coming, right? It's been delayed a few times. It's now, in theory, completing in 2025. But from this latest footage, it looks incredible. And it was due to be built in Chicago, but was then lobbied against because people didn't want it in their local park. So it got moved to LA. But I think it's Chicago's loss, to be quite honest, because yes. what's shaping up here looks epic. What a stupid decision. Could you imagine like <laughs> being offered this in your city and you're going now nah, we're all right mate this we're is good. like london turning down the sphere do you think <laughs> although sorry update on that the sphere has been called in by michael gove so michael Ooh. gove is the central government secretary of state you'll remember this dear listener from a few weeks ago uh but he might overrule sadiq khan's decision the london mayor's decision and possibly let the sphere go ahead yeah i think i think he will Ooh. I think you will. Jobs, in it? Jobs. <laughs> yeah, looks good. Looks but good on a balance sheet, mate. <laughs> as the owner of a YouTube video channel with a hit video about the London Sphere, Michael, if you're listening, please approve it because it would help you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Anyway, back to LA and the yeah. Lucas Museum of Narrative Arts. Mm. It's absolutely amazing, isn't it? I'm so excited. Um, I'm a massive Star Wars fanboy. And even some of the angles of this uh, building look like, you know, the Millennium Falcon or, you know, another ship from Star Wars. But it suits Los Angeles, actually. I'd say the the design is really good. I think it brings a lot to the area. It might even, uh, upon completion, it might become one of the most iconic uh, buildings in Los Angeles, you know, up there with the Walt Disney Concert Hall. <laughs> it's a low bar right? in Los Angeles, isn't it? I mean, but, yeah, the Walt, the Walt Disney Concert Hall is amazing, yes. I would agree, yeah. LA isn't really known for its architecture per se, right? But no, this is, this is immense, Fred. Absolutely immense. Well happy about it. Did you say it's in the shape of a spaceship from star wars is that what it is it's, it's it's not right that's not not officially but for me it looks like you know that bit in rogue one which i don't say lightly but i say is probably no. the best star wars movie oh it looks take. like the bit in rogue one where the star destroyer hovers over the sissy yeah is, it, is that the one with princess leia and the ewoks oh, what what, <laughs> what are you on quiet. Where do I start with that? <laughs> Princess Leia. No, the Ewoks was Return of the Jedi. Yeah, which is right. the best one. Yeah, the Ewok mm, one. There Feel we go. good film of the year every year. But Chewbacca. I... <laughs> you do a Chewbacca sound, Fred. Let's do a Star Wars quiz, Luke. Because Luke yeah, we'll do that one. We'll do a Star Wars round. We'll do a Star Wars round. Yeah, you just Google it, won't he? Yeah, probably. This is this is superb, though, mate. I sweat, Fred. If you get an invite to this. Yeah. Get me a ticket, mate. I'll pay I'll pay for my own flight out there, yeah. Please. The problem is the problem Make is Luke, happen, if we Fred. if we rewind a little bit and when Disney were flying you out to Galaxy's Edge and putting you up in that incredible immersive hotel, I don't remember any invites coming I my did, way. So never did that. How about you just back up a bit there? I will cry. If you meet George Lucas, I swear. He'll probably be like, oh, I'm a big fan. Big fan, Fred. You know, love the channel. Wouldn't he? Oh, dear. Is that your George Lucas impression? Yes, yeah, a good George Lucas impression, mate. Mm. Don't try and out me live on the body. doesn't hear that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's Liam. exciting, mate. It's what do you stuff. think of the building, mate? Luke and I are having a bit of a Star Wars loving. What do you think of it, mate? Uh, yeah, mate. It's all right. It's all good. You know. 
Uh, <laughs> oh, here we go. It's no walkie-talkie. <laughs> Look, I mean, I think you guys are just losing your minds over it because you love Star Wars. I think I think it's all good. <laughs> looks like, I don't know. Look, oh, it looks a bit gimmicky. Um, hmm. Yeah, I mean, I'm sure the interiors are going to look amazing. Um, is it finished? It's not finished, is it? Am <laughs> <laughs> I looking at it? I'm seeing like, it's definitely not finished, right? And then I saw no, people on top of it. The cranes and the muds and the trucks. Yeah, sorry, yeah. the drone. I was like, that's surely that's not finished. Um, yeah, I'd, look, I'll, I'll give it a five out of ten at the moment, mate. <laughs> what? That is so it, it hard. It reminds me of a Zaha Hadid building. Yeah, shape. Of who it. did who designed this again? Sorry. Oh, hang on. You're asking me a, a tough question. What it's was being... the port thing in uh, Antwerp? Oh, that was a hard deed. Antwerp port house. Kind of reminds me of that. Really? Mm. Why? Ah, it's just random. <laughs> like, it's just it's quite random. <laughs> random. But I love that because it's like it's a museum of narrative art, and museums are always supposed to sort of stand out and catch your attention. And this really does that. It's a huge cultural landmark. I can't Sorry. wait to visit it. I say random as in it looks like a random spaceship. Yeah, it's wicked. Yeah, yeah. I'm here for it. Uh, Mad architects. Sorry. Yeah, classic. Yeah, classic. classic Mad. Windows does it. Yeah, not yeah, there are a few. Liam wants a Georgian townhouse. For yeah, the narrative. You know what? Architecture subjective. Everyone's allowed to disagree. Literally, no windows, <laughs> apart from the like the <laughs> spaceship lights at the front of it. <laughs> <laughs> so you think you think that's random, but you don't think the walkie-talkie's random. Mate, that's why I love the walkie-talkie. It's just sitting there solo away from the city. Just it's it's just eye-catching. You catch it in the right. When I used to live, when I used to live in uh, South London, you go for a walk along the Thames. You'd catch in the right light. Just beautiful. Yeah, the right I light for agree. me was darkness. I do late, agree. Late at night with the lights off and you can't Thank see you, it. Luke. Also, in the news this week, we are heading over to Saudi Arabia yet again, uh, running short. On luxury destinations, they've announced another one this week. This is called Sirana, which is a hotel in the northwest of the country, formed pretty incredibly from these hexagonal stone pillars, all kind of at different heights, which create a almost like a crystal-esque type design. It's very impressive. Uh, 65 rooms, 35 villa residences, all high-end luxury hotel. Um, this has been designed to minimise its impact on the surrounding landscape and is going to be primarily constructed with locally sourced stone and other materials. Uh, again, another example, guys, of Saudi Arabia doing a mega project through its Public Investment Fund, or PIF, in an attempt to change the country's PR narrative uh, away from some of the human rights stuff that it's been accused of in recent years, uh, and also to diversify its economy away from oil and more into tourism. Mate, it's like Disneyland has just been built in the desert, right? And with stone. I love that it's built with stone, by the way. There is something fairy tale-ish about this, especially that last slide on Instagram. Yeah. Um, it's so impressive, isn't it? It's it's a little bit kitsch, a little bit, but still, yeah, you look at it and you think, this is this is mental, isn't it? You know, 
every week we're talking about something Saudi. Every single week and every project is a little bit, you know, a little bit bonkers, a little bit wild. Yes, but this one, and actually Sam mm. says it in the comments, he says this is probably the most sensible design they've released yet. And yeah, I agree maybe. with Sam. It is This one is quite, it's impressive architecture, but it is tame and it's feasible. Yeah. Um, it has got the kind of Disney castle type uh, massing, <laughs> very much so. Yeah. Um, you can only reach this by boat, right? So because it's on a, you can't really see this on the podcast, obviously, link is in the description, but the hotel is built at the foot of a cliff, at the foot of a mountain on the uh, shore of the Gulf. And the only way mm. to get to it is via these very swanky boats, which you can see in some of the renders. Um, it's It's outrageous, it's impressive, but it's not as mental as the line or the macabre or Trigina. Mm. Mm. What do you do there? <laughs> Look, I, I'm going to say, I, I went on my honeymoon recently. We went to a very, we went to like five-star hotel and it was lush. It was beautiful. It was amazing. But we we got bored. We've mm. got, you know, private pool. You've got pools, like infinity pools that you can go to. You've got restaurants, bars on the, at the, at the hotel. We got bored within like two days. We're like, all right, let's, let's go down to the beach club. Let's go to this other restaurant. Like, well, if you're sucking on the boat, I just, I'm just struggling to understand. Like, is there a demand? Like, is there going to be a demand for this? I, I think know. so. I think it, it's focused on uh, wellness, mindfulness, and relaxation. It's like a kind of a high end spa hotel. And I think, right. I think mm. there is a market for it. I'm, those days are behind me now because I have two small kids. But I remember, I'm not. I'm not good on those kind of holidays where you just do nothing. You're supposed to just chill out and relax, like because life is so fast paced. The contrast that creates is that's, that's that's the idea of a holiday, isn't it? But yeah, I find it hard. Yeah. Same as Liam. A day or two, a day or two, just a chill day. But then other than that, I'm good. But I'll schedule in the chill day. Yeah, maybe take it easy, have some lay-ins. Other than that, like, no, I like to keep busy. And, mm. uh, yeah, I get I get what you mean, Liam. I do get what you mean. I think this could be, this is going to be marketed, again, like a lot of these new Saudi projects. Uh, you know, the luxury uh, market, luxury tourism. And, you know, I can't lie, I have seen so many Saudi Arabia, uh, visit Saudi Arabia adverts on or, or uh, ads sponsored ads on instagram on twitter i'm seeing it all the time and credit where credit's due these adverts are showing me a lot of history and a lot of historical sites i weren't really aware of you know i didn't know were in saudi arabia and it looks beautiful it looks absolutely stunning so that pr campaign for what it's worth i think it's worth mentioning it is kind of working on me you know, I'm not. I'm not ignoring the human rights thing. I'm not ignoring that. I, I understand that that context that's happened uh, and is happening. But my days, um, yeah, it is impressive. Yeah. They've just won, haven't they? By default, won the uh, 2034 World Cup. Saudi they have. Arabia. Yeah, <laughs> and there's all talk of what it's going to look like. Yes. Yeah, it's because Australia basically backed out and people are like, why did they back out? Because it was a given that uh, people people assumed it was going to be Australia hosting the World Cup in 2034. They were like, yeah, that's the best bid and blah. And like last minute, Saudi Arabia just swooped in and then FIFA awarded the, uh, the, the, the World Cup before that to 
Europe, Africa, and South America. They're playing like an honorary game in South America to open the tournament to celebrate some anniversary. But because it's happening in three continents, yeah, they can't host the next World Cup in those three continents. So allegedly, they think, ah, FIFA's planned this so that only a World Cup can only happen in Asia or Australasia. And Saudi Arabia swooped in and did like a crazy proposal. And, you know, I don't know, man. It's crazy. Yeah, money. Money talks, yeah. right? Money yeah. talks. Yeah. Especially yeah. FIFA, Sports, mate. Uh, Sport oh, don't, diplomacy. Don't, don't get me started, mate. There we go. Pretty cool, yeah. though. Cool design. Few comments in this one. People saying, so Isaac saying it's got Tatooine vibes, which has definitely got a Star Wars feel. Uh, Mohammed saying it's like science fiction stuff. Uh, and then Keegan mm. saying it looks like something I would build with Lego in 2008, which I'm not <coughs> sure if that's a compliment or a criticism. It's yeah, so uh, specific. Why 2000, 2008? <laughs> Let us know, Keegan. Uh, Keegan Sharp is his name, just to properly name drop him and oh. uh, make him identifiable to the world. Uh, yeah, I, I do have the urge to build it with Lego. It would make a great little Lego set, this one. Mm. Mm. Much appreciated. Yeah, I've actually just built the, uh, the Taj Mahal with Lego. Ooh. Um, beautiful, beautiful building. Fantastic yeah. set. Uh, right, swing it over to the uh, message box. What you got for us this week, Luke? Right, I've got a uh, something a bit different this week. I actually had someone reach out to me and send me a message um, privately who listens to the podcast, right? But it's not weird or anything. It's not weird. Uh, his name's Ryan Bell. Yeah, and he's messaged saying, Hi, Luke. I often listen to the B1M podcast, being an architecture student, and love it. Just a quick question. I've heard you mention a couple of times a certain architectural studio, which is one of your favorites and has been producing some great projects in the past couple of years. For some reason, though, I've went completely blank, and there are too many episodes to re-listen to. Laughing face. Sorry if that's too vague a question, but I was wondering if you might know who I'm referring to. Thanks, mate. So first and foremost, Fred, do you have any guesses on... It took me a while to think, oh, who could that be? Who am I referring to that I really like? Do you have any ideas on who it could be? Uh, is it like KPF or um, no. Zaha? I, I was thinking it was Zaha, but I was like, no, I don't know if I compliment all of their stuff and hype them up a lot. And I thought a few weeks back, maybe even a few months back, I was uh, praising Thomas Heatherwick a lot. And I was like, I've it, maybe it's Thomas Heatherwick, maybe. And I sent them the Instagram profile and he was like, that's it. That's the one. And then, yeah, appreciates the response. And it's for inspiration for his current project. He said he's mm-hmm. a student, so... I thought that was nice and worth sharing. Yeah. So Heatherwick, cheers, Ryan. Heatherwick Studio is the practice, because I know they're a bit hot on this. Heatherwick Studio oh, yes. is the practice. Founded and led by Thomas Heatherwick. Heatherwick Studio. Everyone yeah. says Thomas Heatherwick's designer skyscraper, which must yes. be really annoying for the people working on the projects with him. <laughs> anyway. They did the uh, Azubudai Hills uh, development in Japan, didn't they, as they well? They did. That and it's pretty- just uh, there's some more recent completion photos coming out of that now. It looks incredible. I think it looks just like the render. Yes. Amazing projects. Yeah. I love this as well. Fred, you'll know it probably off by heart, but this one in London with yeah. the stone slabs used big, on the cladding. That's in Farringdon. That and there was a big yeah. planning debate around that because I think it was it was built in breach of planning and then it was going to have to be taken down 
Um, yeah. This is on. This is in Clerkenwell. Actually, I say found it's in Clerkenwell. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. yeah Good stuff, mate. But there we yeah. go. Pretty sweet. Pretty sweet. So that 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 ties up a nice little episode, doesn't it? Uh, keep your comments coming in. Podcast at the com. Please click that star button on Spotify and uh, other platforms you may be listening to, including Apple Podcasts, because we've got lots of nice reviews coming in. But if you like this podcast, please give us a review. Please give us a thumbs up. Please give us that five-star button. We'd really, really appreciate it. Don't forget, guys, this episode was sponsored by Trimble Construction. You can learn more about Viewpoint for Projects slash VFP at the link in the description. And we'll see you next week. Sorry, that was my Nespresso pods being delivered, wasn't it? Oh, mate, you're oh, so mate. middle class. <laughs> no, no.